Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. I know that at the beginning of the year, many of us set goals. And setting goals are, are good. They're fine. But are we setting spiritual goals? Are we committing to the Lord on a, a greater level? And maybe we'll commit to attending church on a more regular basis. Maybe we'll commit to attending a life group. Maybe we'll be more faithful in serving. There's a lot of opportunities to serve here. Whatever it is, let's press into God this year. Let's be serious about that. Amen? All right, so how's everybody doing on the fast? Everybody doing okay? All right, we're 12 days into a 21-day fast, and I'm not expecting everyone to fast 21 days, but I am expecting you to fast some. And so I did the calculations. We're 57% through. <laughs> you know, we're over halfway through, all right? So keep on. Um, I want to say listen to your body, not your flesh. Your flesh will have you go eat cookies and ice cream and all that and enchiladas. And uh, now you're hungry for Mexican food, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, listen to your body. Last week, I was, and, and this is rare for me, but I was really feeling like I wanted some salt. Now, my wife, she can put salt on ice cream, on, on everything. But so this was kind of atypical for me that I would be kind of hungering some, some salt. And that night I went to bed, and I woke up like seven times. I had cramps in my toes and in my feet. And so the next afternoon, I, uh, we had some kind of stale pistachios. Have you ever had those? They're kind of soggy, you know. But they had a lot of salt on them. So I, I peeled them apart, and I sucked all the salt off, and I spit out the, the nut. And uh, anyway, I got some salt, and then I, uh, I drank some chicken broth, which is high in sodium. So, uh, and then I drank some juice one day that had potassium in there. So, I'm saying listen to your, your bodies. Again, I'm not expecting anyone to fast 21 days, but uh, if, if you're doing an, an, an extended fast, when I'm fasting, I, I might get tongue-tied here. Uh, when, you're, when you're doing an extended fast, you need to really listen to your body. Now, if you're only doing, you know, another thing you could do is you could, Fast for like three days, two or three days, and then eat something and, you know, break it up and do several fasts. So anyway, just listen to your body and press into God. Uh, I'm getting some uh, revelation and some understanding from the Lord. And uh, if you're not, well, maybe God is doing an internal thing and preparing you to speak to you and, uh, and preparing you to receive. So anyway, today's message, we're in this, well, we're in the series, uh, Prepare. And so we're talking about preparing our lives for the Lord and what He wants to do and for our church. And today I want to talk about vision. There are some people that are visionaries, and we need visionaries. But we also need others to help carry out the vision and implement what the visionary has been given. So if you're working for a corporation or even in the church, you know, the Lord has called me to, to lead my fellowship, and I am visionary. And, uh, uh, and so... Those things are important, but we need to be able to implement what God is calling us to do. Now, some people plan. Maybe you're a planner. Some people don't plan. And there's nothing wrong with being spontaneous. But uh, sometimes we do need to be praying and thinking and asking the Lord, 
what he wants us to do. Now, I know that there are some people that will make a list and then they scratch it out. And then if they add something to the list that they've accomplished, they'll scratch that out. They want to make sure they scratch everything out. And if that's you, that, that's great. But uh, you've probably heard this saying before, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. So today I'm talking about vision. I'm talking about goals in, in the context of God fulfilling his plans through us and for us. I'm not talking about a New Year's resolution. I'm talking about something different. I read that by February of the, of the same year, 80% of New Year's resolutions are history. And we've probably all done that. Okay, I'm going to do this, and then a couple of weeks later, it doesn't happen. But today I'm, <clears throat> today I'm talking about vision for life. I'm talking about yielding to the Lord. Now, I think that many times when we set goals, the first thing that we consider is how. Okay, so, you know, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to read, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like. And we, we consider how. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the, more, the greater question is why? Why am I doing this? Because if your goals don't have a strong reason and purpose and you, you don't, you're not committed to it, the how really doesn't matter. So the why is the important part. Why am I reading one scripture of Proverbs every day? Why am I reading the Bible? Why am I coming to church? Why am I committed to life group? And then the hows will follow. So my first point is set goals, spiritual, physical, and financial. The Lord has great plans for us. Let me be specific. The Lord has great plans for you. But we need to hear his heart. We sang about it this morning, about getting breakthrough. We're getting a breakthrough. But listen, we don't get breakthrough if we're not connected to the source. If we're not connected to the Lord, we're not going to get the breakthrough that we need. So uh, um, vision, when we're talking about vision, what are we focused on? And I'm not just talking about physically what I can see, the wall back there and the, the beautiful landscape out here and the beautiful people in here. I'm talking about what is our vision spiritually as well. What are the priorities in your life? Now, I want us to really think about that this, this, in this coming season and, and have the Lord solidify some things in our heart and in our lives. What are the priorities in my life? In Matthew 5, uh, or Matthew 6, rather, 25, Jesus is talking about, don't worry about everyday life. Don't worry about those things. Let's jump into 6, uh, 31 through 34. He says, so don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? All of those things are important. We need to eat. And I'm glad you have clothes on today. Thank you for that. These, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father knows, already knows what your needs are. He knows all your needs. Okay, let's read on in, in verse 33. I know this is one of John's favorites. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Okay, now we've probably heard this scripture dozens, hundreds of times. But, but what does that mean for us today? Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And then he goes on to say, and live righteously. What does living righteously mean? Well, 
Well, first of all, we have to be righteous, right? And we, may, we know that we're made righteous by the blood of Christ. When we receive him into our life, we are made right. We are brought into right standing with God, not because of our performance, because of what Jesus did on the cross, and we simply believe it and receive it. And in, in 1 Corinthians, where we talk about at, at communion, every, every time we have communion, the first Sunday of the month, we talk about this covenant that God has made with us through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so when God looks at us, he, he doesn't necessarily see us as we see ourselves. He sees us as righteous. But Jesus goes on to say, and live righteously. And so when we look at the word of God, we see that there are things that we are to abstain from to live a righteous life. And we're all a work in progress, but God is working in our hearts and lives as we yield to him. He's the way maker. Even when I don't see it. Even when I'm fasting and praying and I, I feel like I'm not hearing anything from the Lord. God is doing something in our hearts and lives. And maybe it's for greater preparation for what he has for us. You know, Jesus used to tell his disciples, he told them on, on at least one occasion, I think several occasions, there's more I want to tell you. There's more that I want to share with you, but you can't handle it right now. And so maybe God is preparing our heart to receive more. I believe that he is. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give, and he will give you everything you need. He doesn't give us everything we want, but he'll give us everything that we need. This is a promise from God. And this is not the only place that he promises to, to bless us and to meet our needs. But the key is to stay connected to him. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. You ever worry? <laughs> worry is the antithesis of faith. Now, if there's a rattlesnake right there, you can worry. Now, probably you need to jump out of the way. Okay, but, but God is saying, look, don't worry about those things. And this is where faith comes in. This is where trust comes in. Lord, what are you going to do in this situation? Well, I, I've gotta, I've, I'm going to depend on you. Really, a lot of times we have no other choice but to depend on him, right? So let's back up. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I found that God gives us everything we need and most of the things that we want. We are so blessed to live in this country. If you've never been to a third world country, you will come back and really appreciate what we have here. The things that we take for granted. God has blessed this nation. God has blessed us. Let's never forget that. But what motivates and drives us? Is it things of the temporal or is it things of eternal value? What are the things that are driving us? So when, when, we, when we come to Christ, there should be changes in our life. There should be changes in our lifestyles. There should be a difference. And during this season, I've asked every one of us to read one proverb a day. January 15th, read Proverb 15. 
On the third, read Proverbs third. Proverbs third. Proverbs three. <laughs> um, so, and, and I want us to continue that throughout the year because, as you know, there are 31 Proverbs in the, in the book of Proverbs, so you'll read one a day. And if we read through it through the entire year, we'll read the book of Proverbs 12 times. And there's great wisdom and understanding. There's things that are relevant for us. And many times those Proverbs are pretty deep. If you, if you stop and think about it, if, we, if you don't just read through it, but stop and ponder and say, Lord, what are you saying to me? And on, on our Facebook page, I'm putting out a, a proverb every day uh, through this season that you can go back and read. And that's, that's what was highlighted for me, or to me, for us as a church. So you can do that. But read through those and say, Lord, what are you speaking to me today? In fact, I want to read a proverb, uh, Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. That's a promise. That's something that we can hang on to. The Greek word for blessing here is braha, the result of something bringing prosperity, life, wealth, a gift. Now, I've read this scripture, and I've even quoted this scripture incorrectly numerous times, and maybe you have too. The blessings of the Lord. No, 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 no. Look, it's, it's singular. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and adds no sorrow with it. Now, we think it's the blessings, but it's the blessing. What is the blessing? Jesus. He is the blessing. And in him is everything that we need. Now, uh, to, to give you an example, consider that uh, someone receives a great inheritance. And, and you say, oh, look, they got the blessing of the inheritance. Now, the inheritance doesn't just... Uh, it's not just a boat, maybe a car, some jewelry, money. The, the blessing, the inheritance, can, is, is, is uh, all of those things together. And so when we look at the blessing of God, it's not just a boat or a car or just salvation or just the Holy, and I don't mean this uh, from an irrespective standpoint, not just the Holy Spirit. Think of the things that we get from the blessings of God. And he promises to meet our needs. So, now I want to do something a little different today. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to think about these words. I'm going to kind of go, we're going to go through the scripture. The blessing. And when, when, when we look that up, that, that word means prosperity in life. The blessing of the Lord, Yahweh, the name of God given to the Israelites by Moses. All-powerful God, supreme. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. To prosper, to be happy, to be rich, to build up, to enrich. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. He adds, and this means to continue to do, to increase, to increase quality of, size, or scope of. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. He adds, no, that means no, <laughs> that means none. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. He adds, no, sorrow, hurt, strenuous work, pain, suffering associated with some wrong or Regret, 
The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. He has no sorrow with it. He's referring to the blessing. Okay, you can open your eyes now. So I want to go back to sorrow here. That, that word means hurt, strenuous work, pain, suffering associated with some wrong or regret. The Lord gives us not that. <laughs> Probably not very good English right there. But he doesn't give us that. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. And please hear me. This is not a prosperity message. This is not saying you're going to get wealthy with money. Riches are much greater than money. And so this is a promise from God. But we have to stay connected to the source. So I'm going to have a ta moment here. And a ta moment stands for transparent, authentic, and honest. And what that means is I'm going to share something personal that may not really put me in a good light. But we're going to be, we're a family here, right? We can be authentic. We, we can be, you know, real. And so a number of years ago, I was given a beautiful, very expensive gold bracelet. And I wore it to church for a little while. And uh, this man came up to me one Sunday and he said, hey, is, is that a is that a bracelet on your wrist? And I said, yeah. And he says, well, I think when I shook your hand, it kind of cut my, cut my finger or something. I don't know. Well, that's weird. And he never came back to church again. And what I perceived from that is he didn't appreciate that I was wearing this bling. I guess as a pastor, you're not supposed to have anything nice. And I thought, well, you know, if this is going to cause somebody to have some kind of perspective about God or coming to church, I just won't wear it. It's not that important. Souls are more important. I was having another conversation with a gentleman one time, and he was talking about this pastor of this large church drives a Mercedes Benz. And I thought, well, maybe, I don't know, if you're telling me he does. What if that was given to him? Just saying. You know, just because someone is blessed doesn't mean they're doing anything immoral, illegal, unethical. I mean, I shared with you guys, we've been given two vehicles. Brand new, go pick them out off the lot. And before we got the Cadillac, I told you guys a few years ago, I said, I'm going to tell you something in a, in a few weeks, and I want you to know that this, this Cadillac was given to us. And you know, if you've been here for a while, you know there's great integrity in this ministry. Not in all ministries, unfortunately. But I still, you know, honestly, I'm being honest here, I still struggle with wearing that bracelet. A friend once told me, this is really good. He said, never never apologize for the blessings of God. Okay, so I'm still working through some things, all right? Let me ask you this. Do you know of any other church that buys property and they get the mineral rights that pays 70 to 80% of the mortgage on that property? I know of one. Amen. So God blesses us to be a blessing. So my first point is set goals, spiritual, physical, financial. 
My second point is set reasonable goals. <laughs> set spiritual goals. Determine to grow in your relationship with the Lord. And uh, we know that some of the ways we do that are praying, uh, reading the Bible, taking time to listen to the Holy Spirit, and yielding to the Lord. And again, I'm asking all of us to read one chapter of Proverbs every day for the rest of the year. Uh, and the other thing I want to say is that we're all at different stages in our relationship with the Lord. And that's okay. I remember asking the Lord one day, I said, why, why, is there, you know, why are these uh, young Christians coming in? You have, and he said, well, it's like a family. That you have youngsters, you have seniors, you have everything in between. That, that's a healthy church where you have the whole gamut. I love all the color I see out here. This is great. I mean, this is what heaven is going to look like. It's not going to be the black church, the white church, the Filipino church. We're all one body, man. <laughs> We're all one body. So I, wanna, I want us to really push ourselves to, and, I'm, and please hear me, I'm not talking about getting more religious. We don't need any more religion. We need more of Jesus, okay? <clears throat> so push yourself. Maybe you read a daily devotional. Daily devotionals are fine. I've done that before. But the best devotional is the Word of God. So if you're reading a devotional, supplement it with the Bible. Maybe you're reading a certain number of chapters of the Bible every day. Uh, maybe you've decided that you're going to read through the Bible in a year. All of those things are great. Maybe you don't read the Bible at all. Maybe your Bible reading is on Sunday morning from 10 to 11, 15. <laughs> but whatever it is, press, you know, press in a little further and set goals that are reasonable. Don't say, well, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm going to read the Bible in one day. I mean, that's not even reasonable. That's not practical. What are you going to get from that? But set reasonable goals and determine to grow in your relationship with the Lord. Press into Him. Listen, you know, uh, two years ago, I got a word for us as a church, and the Lord said, gave me one word, prepare. And since then, we've seen, we're seeing all kinds of craziness in the world around us. And last year during the fast, the last day of the fast last year, the Lord gave me a word. He said, are you ready for my return? So let me ask us again today, are we ready for his return? And then the second part of that was, I'm coming soon. I'm not sure exactly what that means. It could mean that he's about to bring revival. Every Wednesday at the property, we pray for Jesus' revival. We're praying for a revival. We're expecting it. But are we prepared? What if 100 people showed up? Every Sunday, we grew by 100 people are we going to be able to handle that? Are we prepared? Are we spiritually mature enough to handle? Oh, well, somebody got my parking place. <laughs> well, I have to park over here. I may have to move my car before I leave. Can we be more mature than that? Can we, can we grow up? Set physical goals. Determine to take care of yourself. Set physical goals for your health. Listen, we can't finish the race. We can't even run the race if physically we are unable. Our physical health has an impact on our quality of life and also our ability to minister to other people. 
I remember going on a trip one time. There was a group of us, and we were overseas, and, and one of the persons was not in very good physical health. And they were sort of slowing everyone else down. I know people in the mission field that will have to hike up to the, to the uh, Indians up in the mountains in Guatemala for miles. What if God called you to do that? Can, can you walk a mile? These things matter. And so God wants us to be prepared and be ready. And this is really not about the physical, it's about the spiritual. But as, I, as we shared before, the spiritual realm impacts the physical realm, and the physical realm impacts the spiritual realm. So, my, my, my next point is set financial goals. Determine to steward God's resources effectively. Money is the number one reason for diver, divorce. And set a practical budget. Barb is teaching a life group called uh, Money God's Way. She's not teaching it this semester, but she may teach it next semester, or it'll be coming up. I'm not sure when. But next time we have uh, sign-ups for, for small groups, uh, maybe it will be available. And I'm asking every one of us, if this is your home church, I'm asking every one of us to go through that class. Because it will help you set goals financially. It will teach you things about getting out of debt and budgeting and all of those kinds of things that have an impact on the spiritual. Because if you can't come to church or you can't be in a life group or you can't have connection with anybody because you're working all the time, you're working 80 hours a week to meet your bills. And the, the Lord says that the, the borrower is servant to the lender. So I know, uh, you know, most people have a mortgage on their home, and that's okay. But if you're buried in debt, that's a whole different issue. Are you a slave to MasterCard? <laughs> so, um, you know, pray and, and don't, <clears throat> don't live beyond your means. Um, I know that, well, let me get into that later. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. So you need to, you should map something out. You should have a budget. If you're living beyond your means, if you add up, this is my bills and this is my income, well, you know, you need to make an adjustment. Um, the spiritual realm impacts the physical realm, and the physical realm impacts the spiritual realm. Let me give you a couple of examples. Prayer is a spiritual action, okay? The Lord moves and touches other lives and touches situations, touches us as we pray, right? So we're doing something in the physical. Lord God, we pray. I pray for this family. I pray for their marriage. I pray for their children. I pray for, and then God begins to move. We've seen people heal that we've been, prayed, that we've been praying for. Well, on the other side of that, there's a physical action, and uh, I just picked this one out of the air, tithing. Tithing is something that we physically do that has a spiritual impact because when we tithe and, and the church uh, stewards their money well, and then we're reaching souls. So tithing money has a spiritual impact. And not only that, but for our lives as well. It's a, a promise from God. You know, in Malachi, the Lord tells us to give the first, not the last, the first 10% of our income, our increase to him, and he promises to supernaturally bless us. And you know that if you've been a part of this church, we don't preach the prosperity message, send $7 and you're going to get a, you know, Cadillac. 
But, but we don't give to get. That is rooted in selfishness. Oh, I'm going to give so I get something. That's not God's heart. It's never been His heart. We don't give to get. We get to give. We are so blessed that we get to be a blessing. And man, I'm so thankful for this church. Many of you are extravagant givers. You give. Not only of your money, but your time and your talents. You got to show up and set up every, every Sunday morning and do a fantastic job. But we are blessed to be a blessing. There are times when the Lord will place on my heart to give somebody $100. Do you know what a blessing that is to me? To be able to do that? And it, it blesses them. <laughs> the last time I did that was at the post office, this elder lady, and she, I shared this story a few weeks ago, and she kind of reminded me of my mom. You know, my mom's been gone for 15 months now. And, uh, and I, I just, it was kind of weird. I just kind of wanted to see her, you know. I knew it wasn't my mom, but she reminded me of my mom. And anyway, uh, I felt impressed. The Lord impressed me to go give her $100. And so she was already in her car, and, and I gave it to her. And she was like, oh, no, no, you should give this to somebody else. And I said, I want to give it to you. And she was like, I could tell she was like, what? Why would somebody give me $100? Because Jesus loves you? Because he wants to bless you? Because I want to be obedient? Because when I obey, he blesses our, our obedience? So we, we honor uh, we honor God, and God honors good stewardship. Um, if I've known people that have been buried in debt, and somebody bailed them out, and a year later they're buried in debt, it's not the amount of money, it's stewardship. Because you could have, um, I mean, how many people have we heard about that win the lottery and then five years are broke? It's, it's not about the money. It's about the heart. It's about stewardship. Now, there's high integrity at, at uh, Life Fellowship. And I want to share a story that I've shared many times. But uh, one time I was told that the credit union we were using, uh, the bank statement didn't balance with what the actuals were. And um, I was told that the error was in our favor. And so I went down and I talked to them. I spent about two hours on the phone going back and forth to the credit union. I said, this has to be right. It has to be right. We're a church. There's great integrity here. And make it right. Fix it. And we were talking about not $2,500. <laughs> It's going to be ridiculous probably, but 25 cents. That's the level of integrity in this ministry, and that's the level of integrity that we have to have, that we should have as Christians. Another story, uh, I was at Marshall's, and um, I went and bought some items, I think a couple of shirts and some shoes or something, and I pay for it, and I get back out to the car, and I'm like, wait a minute, something, something doesn't look right here. And I realized that I had bought a pair of shoes, and they didn't charge me for them. Ba -ba -ba. So for a fleeting moment about that long, I thought, well, you know what? It's their mistake. You know, I could drive off. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is stealing, Mark. So I grabbed the bag and the receipt. I went back in. I said, hi, excuse me. You undercharged me. You didn't charge me for the shoes. I paid for the shoes, and I left. Now, 
I wonder, <clears throat> and I'm just throwing out a scenario here. So you go to the store, and you, you buy something, and you walk out, and you, you realize you're shortchanged. You were shortchanged. I didn't give you a, Would you go back? Probably. <laughs> if you were shortchanged $20, would you go back? So if, if, we're, if, if, the, if we're over, if, if, if the other place, if the, the vendor is shortchanged, don't we have a responsibility to do the same? And, and that, that's integrity. When we honor God and we're truthful and we have integrity, and we, we need to steward God's resources because, remember, all of it's his. He just gives us 100%, and he says, here's, here's a test for you. Are you going to return what's mine back to me? So we steward the money here and the resources well. We're frugal, but we're generous and wise and as a church. And whenever we purchase anything, we look at the long-term and the short-term goal. Okay, not what's most expensive, what's most uh, least expensive or whatever. We're, we're saying, okay, how can we utilize these resources best? Because they're not ours, especially as a church. They're his. So when, whenever we, we give, we know that the Lord honors that, but he also honors stewardship. So the, the next thing I want to say is don't live beyond your financial means. Some people are good stewards with their, many, uh, with their money. Many are not. God honors those who steward his resources well. And again, remember, it's all his. He gives us 100%, and he asks us just to give him back 10%. That's all he's asking for. And then when we do, he promises to supernaturally bless us supernaturally and many of you know what i'm talking about because you're faithful in giving not only your tithes but tithes and offerings above that so my first point is set goals spiritual physical financial second point is set reasonable goals my third point is commit because you can set goals all day long but if you're not committed to those things it won't happen commitment is key jesus taught people on a spiritual level, he, tra- he taught them the truth in a, in a manner in which that they could understand. They were, many of them were fishermen or, or farmers or shepherds. And he, the thing I love about the Word is that it's so practical that if we read it and if we will allow the Lord to speak to us and, and yield to Him, he, he will show us what path to take and how to go about that. And so I heard about this recently, and have you ever heard of the SMART approach? SMART? Okay. I hadn't heard of it uh, before, but I, I really like this. So I want to give us some practical tips, all right? SMART, S stands for specific. And by the way, if, if you don't have uh, the Bible app, the Uversion Bible app on your phone, ask somebody. And, and the notes and the slides and everything are on there, so you can review those next week or, or this week. You can download and save those. So all of these notes and all the scriptures will be on there. Uh, so specific, what, what is it that I want to do? 
And the, and the first question, or second question, I guess, would be, why do I want to do this? The how will come later, but why do I want to do this? Why do I come to church? Why am I involved in a life group? Why am I praying? Why am I fasting? You're fasting? Your pastor's fasting for 21 days? Why? What's wrong with him? <laughs> and then, <clears throat> then you'll come up with the, the passion for why you're doing this. Because I want to have a deeper relationship with the Lord. And then comes the how. Okay, well, how do I do this? Okay, and then you can implement those things. So S is specific. M is measurable. Goals must be measurable. Okay, so I'm, I'm reading one proverb a day. Maybe I'm reading, you know, other uh, books of the Bible at the same time. I'm spending 10 minutes in prayer five days a week or whatever that may look like. I'm, not, I'm just throwing out some examples here. But they must be measurable. And I found that for our, our lives, when we have uh, determined and set goals, like financial goals, if we don't set goals, we're just kind of flowing with it, right? But when we've sat down and set goals and say, okay, this year we want to save X amount of dollars, it happens because we have a goal. And let me, let me give you something else regarding that saving. Uh, the Lord says the first 10% belongs to him. And I would encourage all of us to save 10 or 15% at minimal and then live on the rest. Just adjust your living to, so you're not living beyond your, your means. You need to take care of yourself. Be financially wise. So um, you need to have goals that are measurable, uh, goals that are achievable. Be honest. I can't read the entire Bible in one day. <laughs> But I can, I can read Proverbs once a day. Again, if you're not reading the Bible at all, this is a great place to start. I'm not saying stay here. But allow the Lord to lead you. You know, and, and pick, read through the gospel. Say, I'm going to read through the New Testament. We did this one year. I didn't know this before, but I calculated it out. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. If you read one chapter a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday, in the New Testament, you will have read through the entire New Testament in a year. So even if you did something like that, and then there are all kinds of Bible reading programs. I'm just encouraging us to read the Bible. Then we have to find what's relevant. Because if it's not relevant to our lives, we're probably not going to commit to it. So this is important for me because I'm growing spiritually, and this greatly impacts me. And it influences my family and my friends. That's the motivation for me. It impacts my marriage. God has called me to ministry. This impacts what happens in ministry. The, the last thing, so we're looking at S-M-A-R-T, right? S is, is, means specific, M measurable, A achievable, R relevant, T is time driven. When do I start? Today? Next week? Nah, wait till next year. <laughs> There's no time like today. And also set deadlines. I want to accomplish this by a certain date or certain time. These, these are things that can help us. I know this is a little different message today, but, but I think that it's important that we put some flesh on some of this stuff. Live righteously. Be wise. Be good stewards of what God has given you. 
And I'm not just talking about money, giftings, and talents. If you're an encourager, encourage people. If you're a server, serve people. Smart, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-driven. Set goals, spiritual, most important, physically, or physical goals, and then financial, third. Set reasonable goals, commit. Fasting and prayer will change your life and the lives of others. Are you committed to it? Are you guys doing all right? Kind of quiet today. <laughs> so we're, today we'll conclude tw- day 12 of our 21-day season of prayer and fasting. And, uh, you know, I'm just asking you to just pray about it. But you don't have to ask God if you need to fast. If this is your home church, he's already spoken to you. you need, we need to take this seriously. So uh, spend some time and, uh, and ask the Lord what he wants you to do. Also remember to read one chapter of Proverbs every day.